in your pants. Ew, disgusting. Hey, everybody, how you doing? I, uh, uh, saying I did, um, my daughter was having a lot of anxiety. She's 10. A lot of anxiety with the pandemic and isolation and all this that, you know, all children, your children are having. Every, <coughs> every one of us are having. I'm not having it. I was in solitary confinement and places like that. Dark fucking cells that in different countries that you can have. Yeah, never mind. Never, don't talk about me. Anyways, um, for a few hundred bucks, think outside of the box. I went and picked up my daughter an Apple Watch. And um, so she had anxiety scratching. So she would scratch her palm, or not the palms, the outside of her hands. So what I did was say, okay, well, she's reaching for her hands. She likes screens. She likes iPads and, you know, things like that. Well, an Apple Watch or a watch for the screen. So I found out the best one was Apple, I guess. And, and so I went and picked one up. And for that minimal investment into your child's mental health and anxiety and something to keep them busy and the anxiety scratching, it ended. Um, and I see a big smile on her face now. She's playing with it. She completely ignored me when I seen her today. She's playing with her watch. I don't give a shit. No problem. No problem, bro. As long as that kid is happy, I'm good. You know, she's at the age where she's thinking outside, out of the box anyways herself, right? Trying to figure out life, you know, at 10 years old, they're at that age. They grow young. They grow quick young. So it worked out really well. And, you know... If you don't have the means to... I don't have that kind of money to be spending. But you know what? I don't give a shit. It's worth it. You know, I'll sell a guitar. I don't care. You know, it don't matter to me. Um, whatever, you know. And it's just... You got to think about your child more than you think about yourself. And what means more to me in life is my child's safety, mental health physical health and happiness and uh, let's 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 take a take a leave on this one now I'll talk about fruit flies my neighbor my neighbor she's from uh, I won't say another South South Asian country <laughs> and she has food all over goddamn counters so they got through the goddamn drains and they got into my apartment and um, so I put out I um I was making um, cupcakes. Yeah, really, I'm making cupcakes. <laughs> Big bad Sam. I'm making cupcakes for my daughter, and I'm a I'm a good baker. And um, every boxer is a good baker, every single one. And um, so I put out some ice and sugar. That's like cocaine for fruit flies, baby. Holy motherfucker! They nose dive, boom, boom, you know, like powder. I'm like looking, going. What in the fuck? You know, like they nose-type this fucking... It's like cocaine for fruit flies, man. It was like a movie. Like It was like... If you add anima, cinema... If you add... Oh, all you need is like an explosion when they hit the fucking... They don't care, man. They just have... Boom! Nose-type right in that fucking cocaine. and uh, the, the, Not cocaine, the, the, the ice and sugar... But fuck me, ice and sugar is like cocaine for fruit flies. So I'm going to spread it all over her fucking door. <laughs> fuck her, man. I told her so many times, stop fucking leaving dirty fucking old food. Like food that's a week old on the counter, man. Get your shit together, lady. You know, I'm not fucking enough of that shit. I look out so bad that I have to tape up my drains, you know, at, you know, at night and put alcohol in the in the drains and then tape them up and you know come on that's not the way to live be fucking kindly neighbor you know don't don't do shit like that uh, i won't leave fucking ice sugar under her door uh, i'll i'll put it 
under her door and then I'll use the hair dryer to blow it into her apartment. <laughs> you fucking evil cunt, eh? So let's talk about George of the Jungle, Tarzan, man, the original fucking Tarzan. And uh, this is fictional, right? This is where we go into the fictional stories about um, my life and people that I know. <laughs> and, uh, well, this is not fictional, the first part of it, but the second part is very fictional. And, um, I, I would never recommend it to anybody, and I wouldn't... <laughs> you don't have the clearance to figure it out anyways. I know who's listening, so you don't have the clearance. Um, but... Um, one of my workers down in Costa Rica on my farm, they fucking lazy ass fuck. As soon as I leave the farm, they fucking taking a siesta, baby. I don't mind. It's hot, you know. Don't lay around, have a fucking rest, you know. I'm not a, I'm not a slave driver for Christ's sakes. I pay them really, really well. I pay them ten times more than fucking um, other. Um, locals, uh, not locals, other foreigners, but I'm not a cheap prick to my workers, and, uh, so, they're fucking lazy, eh, and Miguel's the big one, and, and he's the responsible one, and he'll work, while the other ones are fucking laying around, sitting on their ass, smoking, and, you know, doing, doing fuck all, eh, and, uh, one of them, he looks, I mean, this dude looks like Osama Bin Laden, I mean, freaky, fucking, looks like Osama, and that's his nickname, Osama, man, and uh, so I came back to the farm, and they fucking sitting around doing fuck all, right? So I snuck up on him, and I uh, grabbed the snake out of the fucking bush, right? I found a, a torso fellow in the bush, and I grabbed him, and I fucking whipped the snake at them. <laughs> fuck, you should see these motherfuckers move. Woo! They get up, man, they're fucking terrified of snakes, eh? You know, people down there... Um, they understand what the torso fellow will do to you, you know. You, you don't got much time. You're gonna be you're gonna be biting the dust, you know. You're gonna be going into shock real quick. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that, girls and guys. Um, um, hold on. Let me have a sip of coffee here. Anyways, so I I figured out I figured out real quick that you know people. You know, because every time I seen snakes or spiders or shit like that, the Costa Ricans would lose their fucking mind, eh? And um, especially the the native um, Costa Ricans, because they know how dangerous they are. And um, and uh, so I learned right away that if they fuck with you, throw a snake at them, right? So <laughs> and do voodoo right away. Well. Like take take out a coconut and carve it out like a skull and then take a fucking roots like deep roots and put it over top so it looks like fucking crazy hair on top of the coconut and a skull and then put a candle a red candle inside and they're like voodoo man they're fucking paranoid superstitious eh? you know and I had a witch down there she's the witch of the town I, I told her I said you have no idea about black magic and voodoo bitch she came she stopped her, her bike her uh her fucking scooter in front of me, and she started giving me the evil eye. I said, "Bitch, you have no idea." And uh, I said, "I studied voodoo and black magic in Haiti, in every goddamn country, Bulgaria, and you know, gypsy magic." And and that's true, I did, you know. But you know, I'm a Christian, right? But you know, oh fuck, that stuff freaks people out, right? You know, you get um, Central America, South American people are very superstitious that way. And I freaked that bitch out, man. Um, she fucked with me too much one time. When she, you don't stop me on a road and give me the evil eye. <laughs> Fuck, and that's crazy, right? Just, just say it. <laughs> give me the evil eye. She pulled her fucking finger down on her eye and gave me the evil eye. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's good. That's all good. And I told her a little spiel about where I've lived and where I studied and all my voodoo, black magic, all that kind of shit, right? I fuck with her, right? She uh, got a little nervous. She got nervous probably because I was—I'm a scary-looking dude, right? Not—not not because of the voodoo and black magic shit, right? But um, yeah, I never wear a shirt. I just wear a pair of shorts down there, sandals. I'm, I'm a big motherfucker, right? At, at that time, tattoos everywhere, right? Scary, you know, good shape, right? 
and a rough looking brick. And um, <laughs> so she left, and then she went home. Well, was she fine at home? So I went down to Manzanilla, where they shark fish the sons of bitches. And uh, I got all the heads. They cut off the shark heads. So I picked up like a dozen shark heads, and I put them on each one of her fence posts. <laughs> and I left them there. And she wouldn't go home. She wouldn't go home. She said, I can't go home. She came back, started complaining to all the people. She wouldn't come to me. She knew that, you know, whoa, this guy, he's fucking, he's evil. You know, they don't like evil, right? They know that I, I ain't fucking around anymore. <laughs> I fucking, you can imagine riding on a motorcycle with shark heads fucking falling on the bags on each fucking hand, you know, and you're trying to hold on your grips on your bike and, you know, you're going down. I'm, I'm 11K from Manzanilla, which is... Panamanian border in Costa Rica and um, and uh, picking up my shark heads so I stopped them all on the, on the fence post and yeah, she lost her shit never bothered me again but let's now let's get back into the fictional tales so down in uh, in uh, Peru in uh, Venezuela I was uh, a friend of mine and this is fictional I was with a bunch, bunch of guys that were out hunting drug dealers and looking for drug labs. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I always thought about, you know, how freaked out, because they hire uh, locals and local native people to do all the mulein for them carrying and the heavy work at the labs and the jungles, right? And... Um, if you're a contractor or if you're a DA or whatever like that, um, you know, you stick out like a sore thumb there. Um, like, you can stick me in the jungle naked and I have no issue, maybe. I, you know, people say, why don't you wear a vest? Well, I need a vest when I got a tree that's the size of a fucking goddamn cow around, you know, in front of me. I just stand in front of the tree and nobody gonna get me, man. And if they're going to see me, First of all, I'm not one of you dumb motherfuckers all gillied out like look like a dumb fuck, you know. You don't wear ghillie suits in the jungle, baby. You you you're George of the jungle, man. You gotta be Tarzan. And um, you mud yourself up. And um, you know, I'm a, I'm an incredible tracker, right? This is all fictional. This is storytelling time. I'm an incredible tracker. I, if, if if you won't track mosquito through a swamp that fucker farted I'll find him I'm not joking I'll find whatever you need found uh, I'm pretty goddamn good at that in reality in real life I can track anything through anywhere except for the streets and the city you know you put me in the woods I'll find it and um, so you know I know how to move around jungles right I did that a lot in Thailand, places like that, where I was, Cambodia, Burma. And I'm called Burma, I was called Burma. And uh, I pulled a Japanese boy, the reporter that was killed in Burma, shot by the fucking Burmese fucking military. I brought him, Ken, I brought him back to the Thai border, repatriated him to uh, Japan with his dad. And uh, that was a pretty tough, pretty tough trip. I loved Ken. He was a great guy. I met him in the Philippines in Makati during the protest in the riots um, when um, Estrada was in power. Gloria, that piece of shit. And um, the airport got bombed when I was there and the train station got bombed. And uh, I was in Makati and I met him out there because he's Japanese. He stuck out like sore thumb. And I started, I speak Japanese, so I started talking to him. We became friends. And then I got a call from uh, Japan, and um, he's in Burma. He's been shot. It's on TV, and live on TV, bro. And uh, so I negotiated and brought his body back. And uh, I don't want to get in this. Let's talk about this. <laughs> it's funny. I love you, Ken. God bless you, baby. I know where you are in heaven. Okay, um, now, um, so, uh, this is a good, we'll get back into storytelling, fictional storytelling, me in the jungle. Downtown, 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 downtown in Venezuela, yeah, right, 
downtown in Venezuela, down in the bush in Venezuela, in the jungle. I'd um, always thought, you know, because you throw snakes at people and spiders, they trip shit. They're tripping balls immediately. They're not looking for anything. They don't look around for anything. They're not looking for people shooting at them, people that are going to cut their head off, people that are going to come up behind them and take them out quietly. They're not looking for shit. They're fucking tripping balls because they got a poisonous snake or spider or a shitload of poisonous snakes or spiders on them or around them, and they need to get the fuck out of that situation before they get bit and die, right? So I would, I would, I'd be like, all the guys be looking at me and I'd be grabbing fucking snakes left, right? And they'd be like, what in the fuck is wrong with this cat? You know, they never got it, right? Until they figured out what I, what I did, right? And then like, oh man, there's something wrong with this dude, right? Because I, I get a big bag of fucking vipers, um, banana vipers. And I think they're called eyelash vipers. Um, and they're tiny. But if they bite you, you're done. That's it. And they're lightning fast. The viper is super fucking fast. That's why they call the viper, the Dodge Viper, a viper. They're shit cars compared to a monster evolution. But um, um, that's what we have. But um, I uh, I would bag them. And I'd bag them like, um, like a... Uh, a bag that you could throw, but you release one end. It like kind of like a. I like to think of it like um, I got him on my top of my piano. What's your name again? Oh, David. David and Goliath. Like the slingshot, but a big ass slingshot. You know, so you'd, you'd bag your your snakes and spiders and try not to mix them up too much because kill each other before they get to your intended target. And you whip them. You whip them. And as soon as they see my motherfucker, you whip them. And they'd land on some poor motherfucker and, oh, motherfucker. You've never seen a guy drop everything and try to figure out what the fuck to do to stay alive. And at that time, you've already taken these motherfuckers out, right? You know, like, your squads come in and boom, it's all done. You know, and guys looked at me. And, like, I would literally pick up a fucking spider and whip it at a guy's fucking face. You know, and they're not trying to figure out where it came from, you know, because spiders will pop on you. Like, you know, like anybody been to Australia or to any places like that, you know the spider will jump off the fucking wall and land right on you and bite your ass. You know, and that's the way they are. Brown snakes are like that, too. They're the meanest cocksuckers on the planet. And, um, and, um, Torcebellas are pretty mean, but I'd pick up anything. I didn't give a fuck what it was. Snake spiders, I'd bag them up, uh, whip them like Goliath, uh, David at Goliath. You know, they'd fucking guys, they'd be tri- tripping balls, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out. They didn't try to figure out where they come. They're trying to figure out how to survive this shit, right? And if the snakes didn't get these motherfuckers, because I never carry guns, right? That's my thing. I, I never carry a weapon. I carry a machete. I carry a knife. On my leg, and I carry a knife on my on, on my side, and that's it. I'm side a machete on my side, and a knife on my arm, and that's it. Otherwise, I'm a bare ass, almost bare ass naked in jungle, right? And um, people are always looking at me like that's one tripped out motherfucker. But that tripped out motherfucker's lived through more jungles than you guys have, and he's been through more fucking shit than most of you guys ever will see, and uh, and he's successful. And he's only been shot three times. And that's because it's your fault. <laughs> right? But this is fictional. But um, after they figured out how well that shit worked, <laughs> but <laughs> only one guy, Broadman, he fuck, he only had balls to, to pick up snakes. He's scared of spiders, right? So he wouldn't fuck with the spider thing, but he'd pick up snakes. I taught him. I taught them how to line them. You, you put them in a line, and then you grab the back there. You know, Steve Irwin would trip balls. I know Steve Irwin, and uh, he would trip. I knew him before he passed. He would trip balls if you see me do that. He's a year fucking ingenious bloke, you know, fucking wanker. Fuck, he's fucking funny. I love him. And his beautiful children are um, taken in, and Terry, his wife, are taking up his cause in the in the. Australian Zoo, they did really well, man. 
you know. He had pulled a fucking wanker ass scene when he put his kid too close to an elevator, but trust me, he knew what he was doing. That's Steve Irwin, that man, nothing could kill him. What did kill him was what almost killed me in, uh, in the Gulf of Siam was a um, stingray. And the stingray, it was amazing. It was fucking freaked me out because I had no idea. I was only snorkeling, I wasn't diving. I was snorkeling in the bay, uh, Hinwang Bay, in uh, Kotao, Kotao, Hinwang Bay, Kotao, Thailand. And um, my friend owns a green tree bungalow there. Um, I own a bungalow there for life because um, I built most of the bungalows and supplied the power line. And um, Chillard and I, but um, I, uh, I had that goddamn thing. I mean, like it was literally six inches from my chest when it bolted from underneath the sand. I seen the eyes pop out, and I thought, "Oh fuck, I'm in trouble." And there's no moving at that point. And um, as a diver, I've got enough experience that there's no speed that you can move underwater as a human to get away from that. Um, that. Um, that Jesus Christ. Uh, we say skate in Canada, manta ray, no, stingray. And uh, I seen his eyes, and I realized what he was. You can tell by his eyes. And phew, gone, disappeared. Oh, my heart was just a beating. I'm telling you. And that's where Steve, dear Steve, took it. He's right in the heart. And that's where my heart was right about that boy. I don't know how God's been looking after me. But anyways, George of the Jungle there, the original fucking Tarzan. Back to that. Um, <laughs> fucking Broadman. He fucking threw him, he started throwing snakes at people too, right? And then he fucked with people and other troops and other guys in DIA and shit like that. And uh, he fucked with them hard. He fucking walk in, he throw a rope at them. Yeah, fuck you. They made dripping balls, man. And that'd be a CO or something like that. And he'd fucking laugh and a tough little motherfucker, eh? We did a we did a ramp ceremony for him, him. And um his dad and I did a ramp ceremony. It was horrible. And um God bless you, baby. I miss you. But um Fucking trash canistan, man. What a shit show. Fuck, man. I love that boy. And, um, yeah, he'd be fucking with people. He'd throw ropes. He'd find an old, you know, he'd siphon gas, you know, and, and you're at a, some fucking ship base in the middle of the fucking bush. He'd be siphon gas out of one fucking container to another for that, to load this, to load that out of the truck to the fucking generator to get power. Yeah, fuck, whatever, right? <coughs> but the good thing is, what I figured out is with all the voodoo and the snake shit, throwing snakes and spiders and, you know, doing the, doing the, you spin it around like, you know, and, and it'd be a pretty heavy fucking spin because it, 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 <laughs> you spin it around like fucking David and Goliath, right? And you'd whip out fucking like, you know, at least six snakes and a couple couple spiders if not more and they go whipping out a fucking dude and hit a couple dudes they're always dumb they stand together in a group you know and they'd be tripping buck of balls bro and it was easy you know with that and then you leave voodoo shit all over the jungle and that trips these fucking people out you know down in Venezuela Peru Costa Rica they're paranoid about um, superstitious shit, right? I'm not superstitious in any way, right? And uh, God is God is God is God, right? You know, if I was gonna be dead, I'd be dead a long time ago. So I, uh, I'd leave fucking shit, and they'd find it. I'd put it, make sure they'd find it. You know, really, very trippy voodoo shit everywhere, right? And um, in between that, so they would the. The, the natives, they were the they were the workers for the drug lords, right? And the drug, well, not drug lords. These were the guys in the jungle. They're not drug lords. 
regular, regular drug fucking laps and shit. But, you know, what we would do is they would say, well, they would fuck off. And it, and it is a, if a native person fucks off in the jungle in Venezuela, you ain't finding that guy. If he don't want to be found, you're not going to find him. I guarantee it. I'll find him. But those dumbass fucking uh, conquistadors, they're not going to find him, baby. Uh, the Spanish, they won't find him. Not a fucking chance. So they figured, well, we're going to move our lab because they're terrified about being in this area. So when they pack up the lab, easy score, baby. DA come in, the agents that come in, whoever, you know, fictitious agents, fictitious people come in and just as they're packing up and they got it fully packed, ready to go, that's when you swamp them and you got them. You, you just simply, you know, some snakes come flying in, they run off, you come in, you s secure everything and, um, and they're gone, you know, but it's, it's not easy to track a guy in the jungle with a chopper, drone, and the jungles are thick, man. The canopy, you can't see shit. And, um, you know, I'm getting way off topic, but, you know, it's an easy snatch and grab to get the dope, right? And um, that's what the main thing is, is getting the dope. And uh, they'll set up another lab, another snake toss, another fucking voodoo with a concession. And, uh, Another lab done. Another lab taken down. And um, I hate it um, because I see two of my friends dead. Um, people I loved. One guy, first time in his life he ever did hard dope. Adam died. First shot ever. Dumb motherfucker. Dumb ass motherfucker. Why you go from weed to fucking, fucking crack, bro? What's wrong with you? Come down and talk to me. Don't do that shit. Uh, whatever was there, he would do, you know. You used to think a lineup fucking fucking meth in front of him, he would have done it. He didn't give a fuck, you know. Me, I hate dope. And uh, I hate drug dealers. And, um, I never do drugs. Nothing ever in my life. I don't drink, I don't do drugs. Never, I've never touched a drug in my life except for weed. And uh, even that, I'm very, very careful about, you know, I go to the government only to get weed, you buy a government weed in BC, it's the best weed on the planet <coughs> so let's talk about double dipping you know I hate people who double dip eh? what pissed me off man you never know what somebody got especially in corona days right <coughs> the different kind of double dipping I'm talking about, one time I was downtown Vancouver and I had a penthouse right a fucking three-level penthouse, full roof, beautiful place on Bidwell. And, uh, can't remember the address exactly anymore. But, um, a long time ago, I fucking had some dough in my pocket. That time I was, um, I was, uh, one of the main collectors downtown. And I was making big dough before I changed my life around. And, uh, them motherfuckers, the fucking cops came to the door. You know, like, the only way, one way to get to my door, uh, and that's uh, with a penthouse card. And um, the, how the fuck, you know, I'm like surprised somebody's at my door, so I open up, like, what the fuck? Like a SWAT team outside of my door. I'm going, oh man, I'm fucking boned. You know, you don't fight with cops, right? Especially Vancouver police, they're just gonna kick the teeth down your throat. And they're gonna beat you to death and probably fucking shoot you just to fucking make sure you're fucking done. And uh, trust me, they don't fuck with me. They always fucking hurt me big, you know. Even when I'd be cuffed up naked and shackled, they'd be still kicking my ass. <laughs> they didn't give a fuck. I remember it shackled me. I'd be naked. They shackle me. Tie my. Handcuffed behind the back, shackles, shackles and handcuffs tied together. They'd pick me up, a couple of them, and they'd fucking whip me at the wall until they knock, knock my ass out, right? And um, they do that quite often. You know, that was kind of their three-year thing when I got out of the got out of the organization of uh, collecting money, right, and uh, enforcing collections. 
and um, they wanted me to be a stool pigeon, which I wouldn't do. And um, and I took some all fucking weapons from them, trying to get me to rat out, but uh, never worked, you know. And then I finally left the country. I went to Australia for a year, which is, you know, you're you're leaving a country that's supposed to be the best country in the world the safest country in the world and you're going to a country where criminals go to I got better treatment from the cops in, in, in Sydney they were very very cool one time in Sydney I had fucking <coughs> fucking tearing up Sydney too much and they picked me up in my hotel <laughs> they took me to the train station in the back of the paddy wagon with all my, my baggage and they said um, what, what are we doing here I thought I was going to jail because I've been tearing up Sydney, right? Fucking around too much, right? And uh, so they take me to the train station and they say, here you go. There's a ticket to Melbourne. Go. <laughs> Fuck, okay. <laughs> That's a good deal. Bobby's did that to me in, uh, in um, uh, Bobby did that to me in London and, and um, in Piccadilly. And um, I said, no problem. You know, when the, when the Australian cops said, you get the fuck out of Sydney and don't come back. I'm good with that because I hated Sydney anyways. I, I, was, I was always in trouble. <clears throat> and in Melbourne, I got some fine-ass pussy, man. And uh, I got partying with Mark Jumper Reed, the fucking goof. You know, uh, give him a fuck a few cuffs once in a while. Um, check out who Mark Jumper Reed is. Do the, check out the movie by Eric Ben uh, Chopper. And you'll see who I'm talking about. He's a pussy. I used to slap him around all the time when he get drunk. And uh, we get drunk together and he a dumbass acting tough and shit like that. He ain't that tough. He's fucking just a fat old fucking gangster. He's a killer, but he ain't tough. Anyways, uh, resting in hell, that motherfucker right now. He's dead. But, um, and my priest used to party with him. <laughs> my priest... Father Terry, yeah, like in Christchurch, Brunswick, in Australia, in Tinsley, in Melbourne. Uh, you can call him up anytime and say, hey, you know that motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, he's trouble. And fucking, and there's an old gangster she lives in the back. And, uh, well, you know how uh, Australia got colonized, right? Get this candle up here. So, <coughs> fuck. Um, and where am I going with this? Um, let me take a minute of break. Get my head rewired. So anyways, yeah. Cops are at my door. In Vancouver at the Penthouse. There's only one way to get the Penthouse. Penthouse card. You don't press a button. You got a special card. It was a different one. Bidwell. And um, so I knew it was something sketchy. So, I, But I opened the door. I didn't give a fuck, right? I, and... Um, you know, I open up the door on a SWAT team, bro, fuck. And then they start asking me some questions. And they're looking around and they're looking like, they're like, what the fuck? This is fucking beautiful. Yeah, I won the Sonoma Interior Design Award six years running. Interior deck design. I had an interior designer, Douglas Somerville, um, from... I can't remember the interior design place. He come in for six years. That place won the uh, interior design award from Sonoma. So, um, bucket, beautiful man. I mean, beautiful, much too nice for me. But um, yeah, great. They were looking like, whoa, what's this big tattooed motherfucker doing at the door with all this fucking shit going on? And why does it look so nice in here? You know. And uh, so, and. Uh, after they stopped looking, they started looking at me, and they said, do you know, um, are you, um, do you know, and they gave a different name, and I'm like, no, 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 I think, you, um, oh, sorry, we got the wrong door, Mr. Murchison, and I'm going, well, well, hold on a minute, I said, I don't think you got the wrong door, I think you just fucked up the names, maybe you better flip your page over, or whatever you need to do, your pad or page or figure it out, run my name. Because if I'm wanted, there's no double dipping allowed, right? <laughs> You're not going to double dip on me, bro. <laughs> the cops looking at me like, what the fuck are you talking about? 
I said, look, if I'm wanted and you want to take me away, take me away now. You're not going to come back at four in the morning, bang down my house door and fucking pull me out fucking naked. Fuck that shit, bro. If I'm fucking, take me now. And I follow him all the way up to the elevator. There's no fucking double dipping. You can't do that, right? They're fucking looking at me like, this guy is fucking crazy. They're fucking laughing, man. And I'm like, no, no, no. There's no double dipping, bro. And the fucking, they just shake up. Fuck, have a nice day, Mr. Murchison. We'll be back another day for you. Yeah, fuck. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of my building. Oh, man, that was funny. Um, I remember when it was, uh, I'll tell you a story, when I was young, I was a fucking little shit kid in Saskatchewan. I went back to Saskatchewan to uh, to hang with my brother and um, Todd. Poor, I love him, man. He passed away. Took his own life. Fucking guy. Um, and Todd and I were having a good time partying. And uh, I remember I used to smoke a lot of hash. We had gold seal black hash back then. And uh, I was in my, uh, I had a 69 Cutlass Supreme 442. Fucking, that was a beast, man. Oh, that was a bitching car, man. I paid 400 bucks for that fucking thing at that time. I was a kid. I was like 16 years old, man. And um, I was in my driveway in my house that I rented a basement suite from a really cool family, a cool couple, a native man. And a white chick that lived together. They really, really cool. They drove a fucking wicked Supra. I didn't like Supras at the time because I didn't know what they could do. You know, like in like in in real life, like now Supras are quite hot fucking cars. And he had he had he had he knew his shit. You know, way back then. You know, so I thought Supra. What the fuck is that? What's wrong with you, man? Why don't you buy a Cutlass or something like mine, like a muscle car? You know. No, he's a great guy. He used to bang on the floor if the cops were on their way. <laughs> Fuck, he'd give me the heads up right away. And if they came to his door, he said, no, that guy don't live here, bro. And he always protected me. And they always protected me. And um, wonderful people, wonderful couple. I, I love them. We're still in touch to this day. And um, so I'm in the driveway. And I got a, I got a fucking half ounce fucking hash, gold seal, black hash in my fucking dash, right? Uh, fucking cop pulls right behind me in the driveway. I'm like, oh, motherfucker, bro. And that's just the time, you know. I'm 52 years old, 53 years old. You gotta think way back then. You get caught with a half ounce of hash, you're gonna do a deuce. You know, you're doing a deuce. You're going to the pen, right? And um, that's ridiculous. You know, I know guys that did fucking five years for weed, you know, for like a few pounds of weed, they did five years, two brothers, man, I'm like, now you, you fucking buy weed from the government, what the fuck, time for fucking reconciliation on that motherfucking charge, bitch, fuck you, Detective Brian Sears, you cocksucker, busting my sorry ass all the time, because I like fucking smoking reef, <laughs> fuck, so I'm in the driveway, I'm bigger. Oh, I'm fucking pinched. I'm going. I'm going to jail for sure. I know. I'm gonna lose my car. I'm gonna lose my place. I'm gonna lose everything. Yeah. You know, fucking damn. So I, you know, I, I grab the, the the hash out of the dash right away, and I start chewing. And I'm like, oh motherfucker! When this hits, I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble, right? And motherfucker. That cop sat in the back of that. He sat in the back of my car. I could see through the window. And I had big boots on the back of that cutlass. But I could still see that old uh, police car. They weren't Crown Vicks back then. This is before Crown Vicks. And um, they might have had Crown Vicks, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> Excuse me. So anyways, it wasn't a Crown Vic, it was something else, I don't know what the fuck it was, but um, one of those squirry ass police cars, like fucking weird ones, the cool ones, people the Crown Vics, but you can't get away from a Crown Vic, you never escape those motherfuckers, those fucking things, even a Ferrari, you won't get away from a Crown Vic, um, fuck me, I don't get it, I'm like Supercar. But then, so, I fucking, 
I chowed down that half ounce hash. And you know that's just going to hit you quick because you eat it and it's going to give you a body high, right? Immediately, you're going to start feeling, the, you know, you start feeling the belly, then you start feeling the legs, and then it's going to hit you. And all of a sudden, boom, you're fucking, you're, you're, you're fucking tripping balls by that time. It's already way too late to try to figure out that you shouldn't have eaten that much, right? <laughs> and, and, and meanwhile, this cop sitting back there, and I don't know what the fuck he was doing. He maybe, maybe he's writing tickets for people. He just pulled into the driveway, not trying to pull me over because his lights weren't on. But I'm paranoid, you know, and I fucking ate that hash. And, and then I guess I must have put my foot on the brake a few too many times. And then he, he came up and he looked, maybe he thought I was a car thief or stealing a stereo because that was a big problem back then. And it was a pretty decent car, right, you know. And um, so <laughs> he coming up to my door and I'm fucking tripping balls. I'm high as fuck. And I'm going, oh, fuck me. I hope he doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> he's a cop, bro. What the fuck do you think he's going to do? Of course he's going to talk to you. And I'm looking at him through the window like, whoa, motherfucker. I mean, he could tell I'm tripping fucking shit, man. He's looking at me like, holy fuck. And and I roll down the window. I go, hi. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you sure as hell are. <laughs> he says, and I thought I'd been, I got pulled over. You know, I'm like, this is how fucking high I was. I thought I'd already driven downtown or something like Because that. You eat a half ounce hash, you're fucking goon. You, you think you already went on a merry-go-round ride a few times. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I thought, oh, no, I'm really high. I just got pulled over. The keys are in the fucking car. Um, you know, at those days, you could throw the keys outside of the car or put them under your front wheel or back wheel and you'd be okay. You know, but I hadn't been smart enough to do that. And the keys were in the goddamn car. And uh, they were in my hand, though. And um, he looked at me. And he's, I'm looking at him, and he goes, you pretty high, eh? He's <laughs> pretty cool, you know. Really, really cool, cop. And high. <laughs> he's going, yeah, you're high. And I'm fucking, um, I didn't know what to say. I was just looking at him. And he says, um, well, I'm glad you're home. You don't have far to go. I go. I'm looking. I'm really confused. I'm like, whoa! I thought I'm in jail. Am I in jail already? Like, whoa! What's going on? I'm home. Like, home is jail. Jail is home. I'm in my car. How can I be in jail? I'm in my driveway. Holy fuck! I hadn't even left my driveway yet. <laughs> He's going. Get home and chill the fuck out. <laughs> fuck man. Oh man, that was a good cop, man. It was like, fuck me, man. And I remember another time, that, that was fucking funny. There's another time we watched Cheech and Chong all the time. We used to watch Keep On Knocking, but you can't come in when the cop knocked on the fucking window, right? <laughs> you know, I was high one time. It was fucking funny. I smoked a big fucking oil joint. A gram of hash, a gram of fucking oil, and a gram of weed. And that was our fucking trippy. That was our thing, right? Rory and I would smoke it. We put a gram of hash, gram of weed, gram of oil, and we make a fucking massive oil joint, a massive joint, and that would trip your balls out, man. You'd be fucking toast, you know. This is when shit was dope good, you know. And uh, <laughs> oh, fucking, we just finished that motherfucker. By the time you're finished, it you're already fucked, right? You know, first few tokes you're fucked, but uh, you know you, you smoke that motherfucker down, you're done, and. Uh, and the cop knocked on my window. Uh, I said, I'm like, Dave, Dave's not here, man. You know, I'm fucking around with the cop. I was too high. I didn't give a fuck. And um, I said, keep on, you know, you keep on knocking, but you can't come in. <laughs> he just opened the door. <laughs> I didn't lock the fucking door. <laughs> he just opened the door. He says, what did you just say to me? <laughs> fucking guy, man. He fucking laughed. Eh? He started laughing. He said, I like that movie too. Another good fucking call from Saskatoon, right? Oh, fucking laughing. <laughs> he says to me, fuck. He says, I don't give a fuck what you got. He says, 
you park your fucking car and you fucking walk. And it was a winter time in Saskatchewan. I said, come on, man. I'm not walking anywhere in the winter like this, bro. Come on, give me a ride. He said, whoa, you don't want to ride in my car. You know, there's only one place you're going to go in that car. I said, okay. Like the Bobby in England. All fucking around in Piccadilly too much. And, um, oh boy. I remember me and a fucking, fucking, uh, English piece of shit got in a fight. And, um, the Bobby broke it up. And I, I was mad. Hey, I want to punch this guy out. I fucking want to kick his mouthy ass off. And, um, and I said, back off a little bit. Let me take out this puppy. And um, and that Bobby, big motherfucker, this is before they carried guns, eh? This is a fucking long time ago. And big motherfucker. And he put the billy club right up to my nose, right on his nose, nose to nose. And he looked down at me a little bit. He said, son, he said, you can go back to your place wherever you're staying, your hotel or wherever you are, or you can come with me for the night. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm gone. Boom, done. Uh, enough. Figure that shit out real quick. Silvered up real quick, you know. And um, yeah, that was really really cool with that Bobby. And uh, yeah, they handle shit differently back then. They talk to you, you know. He give you an ass whooping if you needed it, but you know, I don't mind. T- I don't mind taking an ass whooping. You know, if I deserve it, I deserve it, right? And you don't fight cops. That's the worst thing you can ever do, right? And uh, anyways, I'm done for the night. I love you all. Keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Door opens. Fuck. Yeah, I'm in, bro. (laughs) Fuck. Good night, everybody. I love you all. Peace out. Stay safe in uh, this fucking corona. Fucking, yeah, this fucking goddamn fucking Omicron. Jesus. (coughs) No, I don't got it. But I did have Corona at the very beginning, like two years ago. I got it twice now. Like, fuck, I almost died. I laid in my bed, just go, fucking like moaning like a bitch, man. And um, keep safe, keep your children safe, love each other, hug your families, do everything all the time that you can do. Respond to your children's needs when they're talking to you. And pay attention to them, love them. When your wife talks to you, pay attention to her, you know, husband, talk to him, listen to them. We're all stressed, but you know what? Helping them helps us. I feel better when I help my daughter. Like when I came home tonight after seeing my daughter, seeing her face playing with that watch and so excited about playing with that watch, only cost me a few hundred bucks, right? But her face, I don't mind she wasn't paying attention to me. No problem, no problem at all, as long as I've seen that kid smiling and not scratching her hands, anxiety scratcher. That's what life is about, that tiny bit of, it's not even sacrifice for me, but that thought, that thinking outside of the box is um, is what you got to do in this pandemic right now. We got to figure out new ways to come up with love and appreciation showing our love and you know I, I asked her one time I said why what's your favorite thing about daddy oh daddy always gets me a lot of presents all the time <laughs> really <laughs> come on man Sometimes, ah, that's cool my dad was the same way my favorite thing about my dad was um, he always gave me presents and he always threw me up in the air and catch me you know and she's too big for that now but I used to play with her all the time like that too. We used to go dancing in the park and festivals and when I had custody of her, it was just me and her. And um, it was wonderful, man. We had a great time. We're best friends, man. People said to me, oh, it's a little hard to be a single parent. What the fuck are you talking about, man? Shake your fucking head. Shake your head. The luckiest person in the world to be a parent. My God. Jesus Christ, bro. And all you people talking black love and everything like that, you want to talk about support black people, love black people, black love, support black people? You know what you do? Do something like me. I've been to Africa three times. Each time I went to Africa, I brought a container ship, a container on a ship 
with me before I arrived. Full of clothes for them and things that they needed. Right? Don't talk bullshit. Act. Don't talk. Acta non verba. Action, not words. My two illegitimate sons that are not even my sons talking about how much they love black people. You know what, bro? If you love black people so much, don't talk about it. Go to Africa. Help them. Jesus Christ, bro. Shake your fucking heads. It's not about loving somebody or saying something. It's about doing something. Get off your ass and go to Africa. Bring a container. That costs six grand. That's it. You know, cost me six grand. I pay off all the shit dues with this or that. It's not a big deal. When you got the money, you got the money. You got the capability. Act up, non-verba. And you never hear me talk about shit like that. But people don't know about me. And, you know, I hate when people talk about, oh, with these poor, I love these people. I love you. Yeah, you can say all the shit you want. Say all the shit you want, you little motherfuckers. Fucking Kelton and Maxwell piss me off, you little pieces of shit. Talk shit. You got lots of money. You millionaires. Go to Africa with containers like I did. I'm not a millionaire. I was did I barely scraped through. I, I left Africa with a shirt on my back because I made sure everything in my suitcase was emptied out as well. Never mind the containers that I brought. Three trips, three containers, three empty suitcases. Never left home. Never came home with shit in my bag. Nothing. Not even a fucking razor. So get off your ass and do something rather than talk. Piss me off. Anyways, I love you all. <laughs> fucking best way to end it, right? Slamming your legitimate fucking not real sons. Fucking pieces of shit. Fucking Japanese, man. They piss me off. They talk, talk, talk. But they don't do anything about Africa. Do something. God damn it. I love you. Peace out. Good night.